get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, coming back at ya. Why do I sound like Polly Shore? I was going to say, is that your new intro? You, you A couple weeks ago, you're like, oh, I had a whole new intro line. But I might do and... Hey Yins Guys. What was Hey, hey Yins Guys? Was from what, the electric company? or Yeah. <clears throat> there wasn't Yins, so I think it was Hey You Guys or something like that. It's going to be Yins. They weren't from Paceburg. Um, so before we, before we get too far into things, a uh, quick shout out to Chris Thunderwolf Dodson. Thank you for hanging out Wolfie. with us and please find Wolf, Do- uh, Wolf's Customs yes. to get a custom artwork done on your musical instruments. He does a great job. RockridgeRadio.com. Download the free app and find out more stuff about us at LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. So <clears throat> before we start off, you guys, do I don't know how many out there in podcast land will get this, but I think that probably our listeners are old enough mm-hmm. to remember mm-hmm. the who's on first Correct story. Yes. Okay, yes. this is the sort of rock and roll oh. version. Okay, of who's on first? All right, Daddy, whose drama was Keith Moon? Right. Whose? Yes. What's the name? Watts was the drummer for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I don't care about the Rolling Stones. Whose drummer was Keith Moon? You are correct there. <laughs> Where? No, where was the guitarist for the Grateful Dead? <laughs> how is he relevant? Well, how is the guitarist for a different band? Who? Yes. The Who? No, yes. The Who's guitarist is Pete Townsend. <laughs> I don't know. So it's on TikTok. It's funny. Exactly. <clears throat> the uh, rock and roll version of Who's on First. It made me so, giggle. You know, you know, people are just this is just like regular folks. You know, having fun mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. up with stuff like that. Look, watch this. Look at that. This. Watch this. This is amazing. Oh no. <laughs> she meant to do that. Yeah. You're so. We're so going <clears throat> to hell. Okay. Oh, listen to this. Uh, there is hope for the uh, future. Oh, Mr. Pittsburgh is in the Oh, sorry as well. about that. Yeah. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Find out more information. Mr. Pittsburgh, I'm Ludini. Now we're going to do a podcast, so listen up. Hey, uh, Lou. Hey. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Man? There is hope for the future. Uh, the other day, uh, my coworker's daughter walked in. She's like 15 years old. Whoa, wait a minute now. It gets good. It gets good. <laughs> she goes, I'm so excited. I'm like, we're like, why? She goes, I just got a night at the opera. I'm like, wait, what? She goes, yeah, it's still sealed. She bought, she loves vinyl. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You you just got Queens, a night at the opera. And she goes, yeah, and it's still sealed. I'm like, <laughs> I started weeping with joy. I'm like, there's there's hope for our future. That's not what I thought you were going to tell me. I know. That's what I, I thought you were going to tell me when, when she said, I got it. Just got a night at the opera. That she was actually going to the opera. No, that's she was gonna. I thought that you were gonna. She's be a cool like, kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was really that awesome that, that today's youth is rediscovering the youths, the youths, the youths of the, today. The two, the two youths that I know. The what? What's a youth? What's a youth? <laughs> oh God! So um, it is another week gone by. Mm-hmm. April Fool's Day has come and gone. Yes, it has. And I hope you didn't feel too foolish. Um, I never do. I felt very foolish on April Fool's Day. Why is that? I will not discuss it. Okay, then. <clears throat> I had All a right, mishap, then. an unfortunate mishap with my business. Oh, oh! I thought <clears throat> it was uh, you didn't notice the Adam's apple. 
No, it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> no, it was uh, it, when mm. I tell you about it, you'd be like, okay. oh, oh, ow, ow. Okay, all right. Uh, so Moving on. Then. It's been a roller coaster of a week, so I'm yes. glad to sit down and uh, hang out with my br- my brothers and talk yes. about some music yes, related uh, shit, some entertainment shit. related shit. We're gonna be getting, we're gonna be talking about three albums. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, this is one of the hardest things to do. Is to change the singer. Mm-hmm. Of all people to change. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, look, man, no offense, but, you know, there's a lot of bands, not not Rush. No. There's a lot of bands where you, or, or um, the police, but right. there's a lot of bands where you could swap out the bass player. Sure. And a lot of people may not yes. pay. The Beatles, no. Yes. <clears throat> but there are some bands where you could. Yes. But almost no band you can swap out the singer. People no. don't go like, wait, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like. Is that Dick York or Dick Sargent? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sergeant Dick. (laughs) (laughs) You got me there. I know. All right, it was funny, Bones. Stop it. Have you ever heard of a fucking dad joke? Jesus Christ. Lighten up. Fucking guy. Thank you. There you are. It's much better. So, (laughs) but changing the singer. Mm -hmm. And there's some bands that just like, like, Journey... Like they're never gonna, they never really put out any big songs or anything after Steve right. left. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they continued as a band and everything, but yeah. they never like, <clears throat> you know, came out with a different singer and put out and had big hit songs. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's uh, you know just doesn't. Yeah. That 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 you know that you know that but that's typically when you have you have to do something like that. It's like really a you almost need should start a new band. Yeah. You might you know just do that, like yeah yeah, yeah it's tough. But um, these bands did it with a massive success. In fact, you could argue in some cases were more successful. Correct. In the sir. case of one of these one of these bands, that's right. Um, this was a a, uh, <clears throat> a poll on Rock Rage Radio um, Facebook page, and somebody had said, "Name an album with the with the name the greatest album with the replacements." Okay. And these three albums were picked. You know, over and over and over. It's mm-hmm, Back in Black mm-hmm. by yes. uh, ACDC, sure. 5150 by Van Halen, exactly. and Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. And there you go. <clears throat> uh, Heaven and Hell is a really unique case because it's um, in, sort of like, yes, Ronnie James Dio w- had done other things, and he was in Rainbow and everything, but this is really where he launched off and ended up getting into his solo career, mm-hmm. and then he became a huge figure all through the, for the next 10 years. Um, so it's a, this is an interesting phenomenon we're going to get into in a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about each one of these albums. Yeah. Um, but as we do, I'd like to kind of give a little recap of the week. Sure. Um, what my weeks have been consisting of, and I just was talking to somebody about this, like, I got to get out more. Um, but maybe I don't want, maybe I'm happy not getting out. No, push yourself. You yeah. need to get out. You're, you're happier when you're out. You think so? Doing shit. Okay. Out, out taking a shit. That's that's done indoors. Oh, sorry. See, this is doing shit so outdoors. long since I've gone out. Exactly. I forgot I that you're not supposed to take a shit outside. Usually, no. <clears throat> you just hold on to a tree, you know. And just let it let it rip. Yeah. 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 But anyways, um, so I started this book last week and I I devoured it. I mm. was tempted to bring it up on the podcast last week, but I figured no. Read the do the go do the whole thing do the whole book, mm-hmm. <clears throat> then you can. Um, turns out I don't want to talk too much about it because I think first of all, 
this may be one of the absolute greatest fiction books I have ever read. And I've read a lot of fiction books. Okay. Um, it's by a um, author named Katriana Ward. Ooh. I hope I'm saying her name Katriana. right. Katriana Ward. Yeah. Who I never heard anything about. But what, what I've been doing is my uh, my mom and I go to breakfast on Saturdays. And then we usually fi- end up at Borders, South of Okay, Beach. yes. <clears throat> and we'll wander around in there. And what I've been doing is I've been going to the... Uh, I've been going and looking at fiction books that... Trying to find, like, what's the next book I want to listen to on Audible? Mm-hmm. And... You know, and then I, I take my phone and I take a picture or make a note of, you know what I mean? And then later on, I just go and, but this one was really interesting because it's the, something about the description said it's uh, a man, his daughter and their cat. Okay. okay. And um, I don't really want to say too much more about it because the last house on Needless Street is one of these stories that invites you to solve a puzzle, to see if you can solve the puzzle of mm-hmm. this thing. And I have to say, <laughs> fucking hats off. You know how sometimes when, like, in a mo- there'll be movies and stuff where it's like, you know, they kind of keep you guessing. And yes. then at the end, it's like, oh, it was George. Yeah. Or at the end, it was like some guy who's not in the movie at all. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. and like okay, like, where did well, he come from? Yeah, like, yeah. that's nothing. You know, it's like you feel like they pulled a punch on you. You know yes. what I mean? <clears throat> This pays off in spades. Yeah, there's like, it's really. It wasn't George. It's it's really 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 good. It's uh, the genre would be like horror, thriller, mystery. Uh Um, but it also has a great sense of humor. Okay. There's a talking cat. Okay. That's even kind of a spoiler because that when that starts, you're like, what? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Is this a children's book? No, it is not a children's book. I promise you. It is not a children's book. Okay. Um, but it's fucking brilliant. I'm, I would say that this at some point may become a, a um, what's a, um, a mini series on Amazon or Hulu or okay. something like that. Like I could see you'd need a really yeah, good yeah. director who knew how to handle all the stuff in just the right way. But, but it is so like you, you would like wanted to applaud at the end of the book because all it was right. just like that well put together, you mm-hmm. know, super tight. Um, it isn't real long. It's not real long. I listened to it on audible. Uh, the, the listen time was 11 hours, which means that's about the equivalent of like a three, 400 page book. Okay. So it's not like, yeah. you know, you're going to get bogged down for weeks and, um, just the right amount of detail, just the right amount of like you know who the characters are. It, the story starts right away, and immediately you're like, what, 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 what's going on here? You know, and you and he really just he really uh, she really cap she really gets you, really sucks you in very very quickly. Um, there's like things that you go or like, you, there's things that are said, you know, offhandedly that actually and turn out to be like kind of revelations if you're paying attention okay also i will say that i did figure a little bit of it a little bit of it out only because a i read a gazillion books (laughs) and b i studied literary analysis and literary criticism in college so i have an eye out for certain things as i'm and you could tell that this this is packed full of that stuff too but it's not one of these like so like cryptic that like it's just some big symbol no Uh that's a really good story and with the characters that are really going to make you go like 
Wow. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna really you're gonna really um it's not what you think. It's so good. I I don't want to say anything else. Read it. Uh, the did pe- you did you say the name of the book? Though? Yes, it's called The Last House on Needless. Okay, I, I, I didn't, didn't say it. I, thought I, I said don't it. think you, I don't know if you I said, said it or not. I'm like beginning. I want to make sure people it, know the last, what the hell you're talking. The about. Last House on Needless Street, which is an awesome um, name for a book. Sure. Last House on Needless Street, very yeah. intriguing, right? Yeah. Needless, like, wow. Needless hmm. Street, interesting, right? All right cool. Um, I want to also throw out a quick ro- uh, movie recommendation. Um. This came out, I think it like, came out, I it came out the beginning of this year or end of last year. It's called The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bale. Okay. And the, I'm not really spoiling really anything by telling you that it takes place during uh, the early days of West Point. Okay. And it takes place on the West Point campus and there is a, uh, a crime committed. There's a murder committed, or it's not sure if this is a murder, if this is a suicide, or whatever. Okay. A body is found, etc. Sure. Um, and there is a constable, like in the nearby town, sure, who is really like kind of known for like putting together difficult crimes, okay. you know. Yeah. So they they bring him in. It's, it's played by Christian Bale. Okay. It's really well done. And he happens to elicit the help of a very young, are you ready for it? Do it. Edgar Allan Poe. I've heard about it's this. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It is not like, oh, look, wow. it, you have to settle in for like, it's very atmospheric and a lot of it is sort of like the visual thing. Yes. So, so it's not super fast, but it's not a real long movie. It's like two hours. Okay. So it's not like, you know, some epic, but <clears throat> it's around two hours. Um, it has a twisted sort of plot to it as well it's um but i would recommend like if you're looking for something this is this there's there's a lot of movies newer movies out that are really really fucking good yeah. it's just that like all the marketing and all the budget and everything is going to to like all the stuff that have to do with disney okay you know that's mm-hmm. where that, those they have the bully pulpit you know movie like this like a movie like this released maybe in the 90s or something like that would have been a big movie yeah this would have been one yeah. of those big like do you remember I, another movie that, that it's not exactly the same genre but it, of this kind of ilk was uh, midnight in the garden of good and evil like mm-hmm. that was a really big mm-hmm. movie in the 90s <clears throat> i think i might have been nominated and, yep. uh, and all kind of stuff like that but it isn't like a one of these movies with like big special effects or giant mm-hmm. you know you know massive love scenes or anything like that it's like it's just like a really interesting story yeah. with, in a great you know in a great location with awesome actors <clears throat> and so that's kind of what this is it's just you know it's not some big spectacle. I I, I, cool. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Just glad that I watched it. Um, I also because some, uh, you know, when when you're dealing with stress in your life, yes, you tend to want comfort food, right? Yes. yes. Um, you tend to want the familiar. Right. And I find sometimes when I'm going through some tough stuff that I actually want to watch movies and television shows that I've seen before, uh-huh. because I don't need the anxiety of not knowing what's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> You just kind of kick off your you know brain, I mean? kick I can off your shoes, my brain and, and just kind of go into that world, and, and like it, yeah. I don't, I don't have to worry too much. You know what I mean? I know that the Death Star blows up at the end. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about it. You're supposed <laughs> to say spoiler alert. Oh, I'm sorry. Before you do that, but that's okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Anyway, so I watched Star Wars. Ah, yes. Somebody, another post on Rock Rage Radio not long ago was a movie you've seen a hundred times. 
Mm-hmm. I could probably I wrote easily. I wrote Wrath of Khan. Um, okay. I can say the dialogue right along with the Star Wars is right yes. there. Yes. You know, I could say the dialogue, you know, the whole time it was on. I was I was actually doing stuff like in the kitchen and everything, and I was just saying the dialogue right. as it was right. on, you know. Um, but there's like, there are some things in it that are real head scratchers. Now, look, <laughs> this is, what is it, 35 years on, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And a lot has happened with and not just with the Star Wars like quote unquote franchise we didn't even know it was going to be a franchise at that point right. we didn't know anything right. just came out <clears throat> and we'd never seen anything like it and it was a real spectacle and it was but fast forward 35 years in YouTube and people have like now you know I've had the opportunity to listen to a bunch of other people comment on it and everything mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. you ha- you have a you look at it with a little bit of a different eye yes yes it doesn't have the same sort of you know it's still great it just has a different sort of pl- occupies like a different space right correct so one of the things and I asked you about this was <laughs> when when they back out uh-huh. when the Millennium Falcon like if the Millennium Falcon has no problem well, first of all, let me back up. When they back out of the Death Star, right? Okay, yeah. And all the stormtroopers are falling into that. I love mm-hmm. that thing. Like they could have just made a hangar. This is always this is one of the things I loved about the little attention to detail. They could have just made like a, hair, a hangar, but no, it has that giant like opening in the floor, right. and they, exactly. the stormtroopers come up to it. Like yep. you know what I mean? It's yep. like. Kind of like if, an aircraft carrier. Yeah, thing. I mean, I, I'm sure that's what yeah, he was thinking. But exactly. it's like he didn't have to do that. It could have just been like it could have been like the shuttle bay in uh, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, he really put like a lot of thought. That's the that's his the, the 2001 Space Odyssey influence. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's Definitely. that kind of detail yes. in that. Yes. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> um, when they back out of the Death Star on the in right. the Millennium Falcon, and he turns around, why doesn't he just punch it into light speed right there? I told you why. <laughs> because the story needs it to ha- happen. Well, there's that, but there was the other. My, I know, my he's theory, working with the Empire. Yeah, because Han Solo was in on it. Lou didn't like that. Theory. Well, wait a minute. Well, well you have to give me some more information other than. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so secret. <laughs> right. So secret. But yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's funny, like you said, we've had 35 years to mull these movies over. And uh, like when you first saw him, it was the greatest thing since last bread. Yeah. Um, but now you have time to sit back and go, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Why didn't this happen? Or why didn't that happen? It's a, it's a cinema sin, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. every movie has tons of stuff like that. Yes. You know, there's 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 a million reasons why stuff like that is done. Sometimes it is because the plot, because we wouldn't have gotten that awesome battle with the TIE fighters. Mm-hmm, and, exactly. and you got to see like another thing about the Millennium Falcon that isn't really, you don't really pay attention to the, the, the guns on it. Right. You don't really know. Right. I, but that scene. You know them now. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I loved how the guns are mounted on the top and on the bottom, uh-huh. but because it's outer space and there is no upside or down, exactly. it could be side to side. Like, like it really, like the way he played with that was yes. like, I remember yes. seeing it for the first time and just going like, wow. Yeah. Just wow. Yeah. Freaking it took me a wow. second to figure out the, the configuration. I'm like, wait, where are they? And then it dawned. I'm like, oh. Yeah. They show that, you know, yeah. well, he, yeah, yeah, it's, they just wanted to, you know, it was like, he probably thought like, I'm sure Lucas thought this would be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I put yeah. it in the movie. Yeah. This would be cool. You know, not like, and th- you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Just be cool. Just be cool, man. Just, this would be really cool. Let's just do this. 
But you gotta admit, even thirty five years out, you go back and rewatch the movie, you're still like you're still you're you're like that ten year old kid or whatever. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's really I mean, it's like, it, it wow. looks good. I mean, it's yeah. you know, and it's iconic. Exactly. And it cha- introduced the world to all sorts of, uh, and it's really put it sh- exploded what you could do with special effects. Mm-hmm. I, up to that point, other than a few movies like two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Science fiction was that kind, that kind of stuff was kind of like mm-hmm. you know kind of kid stuff, and there was really no budget. No. Yeah, nobody put like any kind of budget no. into. You, you could see the saucer wi- on the string. Yeah, you could see the wires. Yeah, you could just see the wires. lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah, lighter <laughs> fluid. It's, oh it's a Zippo. Somebody held up by yep, the, you know. Exactly. You know, we're speaking of the exhaust that would come on going out of the you know <laughs> spacecraft, television oh, shows, and movies, Jesus. but. I thought, um, so I, and I'm always trying to think of, I'm always like, I have my ear out for band names and I thought of a good Star Wars related band name. Okay. I don't, maybe there's a band called this. Okay. Throw it at me. Um, wait a minute, we got a comment. Oh boy. Hold on a second. Oh, now we've done it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Chris is going to make a Millennium Falcon guitar. Yeah. Lights and all, go for it. Um. The Rebel Bass. The Rebel Base. <laughs> but I think a good name for uh, a band yes. would be this. Check this out. I think you're going to go like, wow. Do it. Red Five. Oh, I like that it. That was Luke's call sign. Yeah, I like it. Red Five. Nice. Be a good name for a band. I like it. I no, you wouldn't, now, play, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't play Star Wars songs. No, you wouldn't be Just doing the Cantina band, band song. Yeah. No. The whole, no, maybe the, you could. You could. Maybe. Jazz it up a little bit, you know. You know, jazz it up a little bit. Jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, jazz it up a little bit. Put it, hey, yeah, kids, kids, kids. Kids. what's his name? Uh, Wingway Wallenstein? Yeah. Yeah, uh, put, get, him put him on there. Put him up. Put him, him up in. on there. It'd be a little, right. little, little swing to it, you know. Jazz it all up. Lovely. No, that's... Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a great film that, like... But you're going to pick out little things, you know, and it's the same thing when they leave Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. Like when when he leaves orbit, he why doesn't he already have the okay, coordinates? Why why do they have to like do the calculations? You would think the calculations would be on a fucking hard drive somewhere, right. and he would just like <clears throat> you would call up Alderaan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, this isn't the future. It it, it was the past. <laughs> so they they didn't have they just couldn't do that. You know what, Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It, it was future. a long time ago. Well, that's the other thing. There are things that they can't do in in Star Wars, right? Like there's no there's no there's no uh, transporter beam. There's no transporter beam right. in Star Wars, right? Well, come on. Why not? Too, because it's reality. It's a transporter beam is if you pure fantasy. At, if, if you look at the if you look at the technology though, yeah, it does have a sort of like steampunk almost kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. What well, you've described in the past as a lived-in. What well, is a lived-in thing? Yeah, but it has a kind of like um, it's tangible. It, you can some, you can believe it. it. There's a lot of like gadgetry to do things. Yeah. Like today, like like really, the reason why it's so unrealistic is because we aren't even flying around like Luke Skywalker and stuff. But we can do everything on a on a, a pad where you just there's no we don't need like gears right. and sh- you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So like when he's like when he's charging up the whatever on the mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon, you know what I mean? He's like pulling he's a pulling lever like- and you know and it's like. 
you know, it's like it's real like Buck Rogers. Yeah, know? exactly. It's really, but it gives the characters something to do, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with their hands, and mm -hmm. it it makes it feel like there's stuff going on, exactly. as opposed to like if he would have done more of a Star Trek type universe, which starts, which is like you know what I mean? It's all handled it's by all the computer, button, you know, yeah. push push button, touch screen. <clears throat> yeah, this is way more fun. It's definitely way more yeah. fun. I mean, like yeah. this is one of the things. Like if I ever got to fly, you know, in space, I'd want like a fucking X-wing, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. Wouldn't want no like you know Enterprise. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's all I gotta say. Red Five. Red Five. And um, you, you listen to an interesting podcast. Yeah, I listen to, well, I've mentioned this before, I listen to podcasts, but I, I listened to one today that kind of had me riveted, and let me give you a, what the hell was that? That was a rivet. What the hell was, what the hell was that? So the podcast is uh, Stuff You Should Know, and they, they talk about different things through history and whatnot. Things you should know. Yeah. Today, uh, the podcast today was True Crime. The Phantom of Heil, Heilbronn. Heilbronn. Bitch is, Heilbronn! Heilbronn. Which is a town in Germany. And the whole... Oh, I'm gonna get, no, it's not on the ocean, Lou. <laughs> come on now. Lou, come on, knock it off, okay? You tell him, honky. honky. Honky the clown in the house. <clears throat> but uh, this is the, the early days of DNA testing and crime fighting. And uh, the two, two police officers were sitting in their car eating lunch. Somebody jumped in the back of the uh, car, shot them both, killed one, uh, wounded the other one. Wait a minute, I have a question about it. See, I had sure. to wait, hold on, hold on. You, wait a minute. Yes, I, I, plot, I plot hole. No, go ahead. Because, have you ever been in the back of a police car? Yeah, you must... You can't, you can't get listen, out. Listen, this is Germany. <laughs> the cop cars are not like cop cars in America. In Germany, you could get in, you can get out. And I'm not saying I'm, anymore because I'm, I will get canceled. <laughs> I'm really like not so sure about that, but continue. All right, this but anyway, so like, <clears throat> I questioned this when I heard the story before. All right, God. all right, it's true. It's, I swear to God, I shit you not. So the early days of DNA testing, they swab the back of the car, they get DNA, they send it off to the lab. They're like, yeah, we got the, you know it's early days. They can't get a whole lot, but they're like, uh, your perp is female. Don't perp, perp, not pop. That's better. Female, and uh, so in like, other words, this is somebody that has a vagina. Currently, yes, <laughs> yes. We're all of those. We're including everybody here. But um, girls will be boys, and boys will be girls. It's right? a mixed-up world. Yeah. Except for Lola. Oh yeah. Um. So. They put it into the big database, and they link it to two other crimes, like another murder and, like, robbery. Get the yeah. hell out of... Get out of time! Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, there's no match in there. Oh, no, you did it! You did! <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before. It's been a while. It's way that's way down on the list. Wow, I gotta move the, move you the gotta fart. Move that around fart. That's yeah. a pretty good fart. <laughs> oh jeez. Ah oh, jeez, look at this. It's like you need toilet paper. It's a mouth yeah. fart, but still. But continue. It doesn't matter. We get the gist. Do you ever like mouth go to mouth fart and shit your pants? Somebody has to have. have Excuse done. me. <laughs> there has to be somebody who is like you. Like with your mouth, you're like. And you and then and it activates out. some sort of chemical reaction down there. Well, you could just push too hard. Oh, I've never pushed that hard when I did a mouth fart. 
So continue. Anyway, so DNA. So they put it person. in the database. They don't have a perp, but they know it's female. Well, over the next couple of years, all these crimes have her DNA in them, right? I mean, murders, larceny, uh, robbery, stuff like that. So, cause wait a minute, wait a minute, yes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Don't criminals usually stick to a? Exactly. You know, I mean, usually robbers rob, right. rapists rape, yes. killers kill. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like they don't usually go rappers mixing. rap. <laughs> yes, Lou. they don't go usually. <laughs> they don't usually go mixing these things. Exactly. Up. That's what makes this so crazy. They don't have a fit. Nobody's ever seen this woman. <laughs> Fingers tapping. Um, <clears throat> they they find, uh, like in some cases, they find other DNA. They catch those people. When they ask them about this mystery woman, they don't, they clam up. They don't say anything. <laughs> There's something wrong with her. Thank you, Bones. But anyway, so this goes on for years, just like case after case, there's mystery woman's DNA shows up, right? Until one day, some investigators from... Some like criminal, so they're probably the end, this is some criminal mastermind. Mastermind, exactly. Super criminal. Yeah. Incredulous. Until one day, this reporter from Stern, you know the Stern, the newspaper in Germany. Thank you, Will mm, Smith. very good. Thank well, you. I'll go Will Smith on your end. Oh, I like that. Yeah, thank you. Stern, a reporter from Stern, figures out that... Not Howard Stern. No. Not Howard Stern. 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 Das ist Herr Stern. Yeah, that's good. Figures out that <laughs> the female DNA that they've been swabbing is a female woman, is female woman, I would hope, is a female that works at the cotton swab factory. <laughs> and she's been putting the cotton swabs... The packaging and sending them out. That okay, wait a minute. So like, yes. so like, wait yes. a minute. Wait a minute. I buy. Hold on, I, hold on. Hold on. Time. Yes, sir. Simmer, simmer down. Simmer down now. Simmer down. Yes, sir. You're being to tell me. Yes. With her teeth. That. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. This doesn't make any teeth. sense. Just her teeth. Listen. It's delicious. I buy Q-tips. Mm-hmm. I buy them in bulk. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mean they're all put in there by the same no, person? No. It, it, I, it, maybe she was sorting them in the sorting oh. room to get them in there, but her DNA would get on there. So, yeah, they were they were chasing this maybe Polish was, woman. Maybe she was testing each one to put it in her ear. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems to me like, wait a minute, dude. Like, there's a, that's a lot of, dude, listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Dude, these come in a box of like five fucking hundred. Yeah. No, well, is this, okay, so the company that made them, um, when they when they called out the company, he's like, "What the what the hell's going on here?" They're like, "We never told you to use those for DNA swabs. They're for like foodborne active, you know, uh, bacteria and stuff like that. We never claimed it was for that." But it's still, I'm still sort of yeah. incredulous that this is. Yeah. What's this loss? There's a million. Yeah. You figure there's 500 in a box. Okay. And so, what if they the box the company sells like. Hundred thousand boxes. Well, this woman touched every one of those. No, no, no. That's why that not every single one came back with the DNA. I'm saying like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, come on, randomly. Look at what's the program. Okay, now, 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 it's making. What's wrong with you? You're stupid or something? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was freaking hilarious. 
I just thought that was freaking hilarious that they were chasing this phantom woman. This, it is crazy. It is funny. It so, is crazy. Whole, how, how long is that going on? Know. You know, that's the sound effect wow. that needs to be for like a second. Like, and, no. And, and it's, how know, long is it? Me, it's 34 fucking oh seconds. <laughs> 34 seconds of, of that. I'll tell you where the plans are. Stop <laughs> it. Ridiculous. Please stop it. <laughs> anyway, so that was my podcast I listened to today. That's just crazy. That that's was cray. Funny. That's cray cray. That's like yo, cray. yo, 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 yo. Boy. Boy, you cray. Boy. You all cray. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't feel tardy. Uh, but I do feel farty. Uh, I let a, a pretty good one rip while you were telling the DNA story. Is that what that was? Yeah. I thought I I can taste your DNA in my mouth. <laughs> Back in Black is the seventh studio album by Australian rock band ACDC. Yeah. Produced by Robert John. They called him Mutt Lang. Mm -hmm. uh, the album was released on the 25th of July in 1980 by Albert Productions and Atlantic Records. It's got the great, I have it on vinyl. It ha you take it out and it's got that great Atlantic logo. Uh -huh. Santa yep. really neat. Black or like red and black or something like that, maybe red, black, and silver. Uh, by the late 70s, ACDC began to achieve significant popularity outside their native Australia with high energy live performances and a string of successful albums. In 1979, they paired with producer Lang and recorded their international breakthrough, Highway to Hell. Shortly before the recording of their follow-up, lead vocalist Bon Scott died after a night of heavy alcohol consumption. The group continued with ex-Gordy singer Brian Johnson. Now, let's talk about this for a minute here. All right, then. Because we should talk about Bon Scott. Of course. Bon, like, you know, bon, not like Simon LaBon. No, no. But we really should discuss uh, Bon Scott because that is a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's take reminds, a little peek. That reminds me. Hold on. <laughs> Drink them mm. if you got them. Okay, that's tough. that's for Bon. That was for Bon Bon Scott. Okay, Bon Scott has his. Uh, wow. There's an official Bon Scott website. Bon's uh, BonScottOfficial.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I am looking. I need something a little bit more abbreviated. Um, how about? There you yeah, go. And I'll never give them a dollar, but I don't oh, care. thank you. Thank you, Internet. This computer magic. Uh, Roland Bedford Scott. Belford, mm. excuse Belford. me. Roland Belford was his real name. Yes. He was an Australian singer mm -hmm. and songwriter. Of course, lead vocals of ACDC. Yes. Course. Um, was born in Scotland. Spent his early years in, I'm not going to... Oh, that. come on, you can do then it. Then he moved to Australia with yeah. his family in 1952. He, um, so what, so he was 33 years old when he died. Do you realize how much drinking you have to do at 33 to die? <laughs> um, a lot? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fucking drinking. That's the actual you know, medical like, definition. A lot? That is, that's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, I mean, high voltage! Uh, they were uh, they were great with him, and there's a lot of people like on that Rock Rage poll who's like, I prefer Bon as a singer for ACDC, but mm -hmm. I have to admit that, you know, Back in Black, it's the shit. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Back in Black was recorded over seven weeks in the Bahamas in the spring of 1980, April and May. Uh, the area was hit by tropical storms at the time, making mm. the sessions difficult at times. Johnson penned the album's lyrics and melodies, while guitarists Angus Young and Malcolm Young composed the music. Its musical content consists of hard rock styled numbers. Oh, yes. how about that? This is Discogs. That's that's some writing. Oh, dude, that's wow, a, that's a real hard rocking number, boys. <laughs> what do you call that one? That's well, a real swinging tune. It's <laughs> numbers. Well, Lang uh, demanded perfection in the band's recordings, particularly on Johnson's vocals. Following its co- uh, completion, the group mixed Back in Black in Electro Ladyland Studios in New York City. The album's all-black cover was designed as a sign of mourning for Scott, um, although it's become iconic. Mm-hmm. Spinal Tap, right? Metallica, Black can this <laughs> You know, if it's been, um, yeah, it's been what's homaged. Yes, I think that. Um, I mean, you know, people, people like talk about that, and we'd have to look it up. I don't want, I'm going to just talk out of my ass for a second, but I do think that I heard um, James Hetfield one time saying like when they when people talked about the album the because we got so much heat, uh-huh. <clears throat> even though it was you know it's great like it's your biggest album and then people right. give shit for it. Um, <laughs> of course, as but they do. Saying that like well we just figured fuck it we're going to go with the Spinal Tap thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if I misremembered that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's also back in black. Uh, their six international releases, uh, their sixth, excuse me, international release, Back in Black was an unprecedented success. Mm-hmm. It has sold an estimated 50 million copies worldwide. Its enormous sales figures have made it the second highest selling album in history. What? It's the second highest al- selling album in history. I don't know. Holy cow. The band supported the album Mm. uh, with a year-long world tour, cementing them among the most popular music acts of the early 80s. Back in Black received positive critical reception at the time of its release and has since been included on numerous lists of greatest albums. Since its initial release, the album has been reissued and remastered multiple times, most recently for digital distribution. Um, there's, uh, you want to talk about this, some of the numbers? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a couple swinging numbers on this one. <laughs> where, where are the numbers? Oh, you have to go up. Wait, oh, keep the, going. There's the, there the numbers. So, the, the, the album ditties. kicks off yes. with the five minute and ten second Hell's Bells. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, wait a minute. That is one of the most iconic guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. So heavy. Ever. Ever, ever. Yes. However, they're just kind of, they're just getting warmed up. Yeah. Because following that up is Shoot the Thrill, oh, which man. is a really, that song has a, had a resurgence with Iron Man. Exactly. Yep. Given the dog a bone. This is a cool song, well, but it is, it, it's not necessarily like their biggest one. Yeah. Uh, honey, what do you, or what do you do for there money? There you go. What do you honey. do for money? Honey. Honey. What do you do for money, honey? Oh, my. Uh, these two songs are very good, like dirty rock and rollers. Nothing earth shattering, but but good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do for money, honey? Uh, definitely got given the dog a bone. Got all these, by the way, got radio airplay. Mm-hmm. Let me put my love into you, babe. I remember getting this album, going like, "This is ACDC's Whoa. version of a love ballad." Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, sit down and I'm going to stick it in you. Yeah. This is. Wow. <laughs> this, that's as romantic as it gets. Exactly. So you're kind of like, yeah, all right, it's a good album. It's a good album. <laughs> then you turn over side two, uh-huh. a, title, a title track. Yes. Back in Black. Knock you off your fucking. Mm-hmm. The, by the way, um, Hell's Bells is five minutes and 10 seconds. And uh, Shoot to Thrill is five minutes, 17 seconds. Shoot to Thrill being the longest song on the album. Back in Black clocks in at four minutes, 17 seconds. It's a total barn burner. One of the greatest hard rock, heavy rock, m- slash metal songs in the history of that music. Mm-hmm. It's it's undeniable. It's to this day. People know. People know oh, yeah. Young people know this. They know it. Yeah. Um, the song, though, that really became, I think, the kind of like maybe the first big single off of this was You Shook Me All Night Long. Yes. So you got back in black and you got You Shook Me All Night I just remember listening to this album as a kid and just like like loving him like just having a big smile on my face like mm-hmm. oh my god Sparks, oh my god really so cool. good yeah, I got it I have it on vinyl it was yeah um she, uh, you shook me all night long then after he shoot after he sh- shook shooks her all night he long he shooks her all night long he, he, what does he, he do have a drink on her <laughs> have a drink on her have a drink on me <clears throat> shake a leg which is again not one of the bigger songs there but have a drink on me is a mm-hmm. big song all all of the radio um not a chart topping type song but yeah pretty much every song on this album got on the radio and then rock and roll ain't noise pollution which is a great way to close the album mm-hmm. it's such a good song that I, I think that this song would have been be- this you could make the argument that um this would have been a better opener for side two uh, instead of the ending the mm-hmm. album. Although I get why they would put it at the end. It's a kind of also good yes. album closer too, yeah. but it is such a great song. I think that it is, I think it's terms of a song. I think it's up there with all the rest of them uh, with, I mean, with the other big ones like hell's bells, shoot the thrill back in black. You shook me all night long, but I think because of it's being so far down on the album, you know, this is the thing DJs did. They usually listen to the first couple of songs. Right. Yep. Yep. That's usually how it was decided. They didn't, they didn't sit down and just put the album on listen. Uh Okay. We, we read all that shit. Okay, yeah. So we so we got the making of there. Um, this is what happens when you go in the studio and you do it over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and you don't stop. This is, this is something that I... Um, I've heard singers like talk about working with different producers and how they got like so pissed because the guy be like, "All right, uh, do it again. All <laughs> uh, right, there, uh, do it again. All right, uh, can you do it again? Yep. Just like over and over. There, uh, there's a story about um, Bruce Dickinson singing uh, "Number of the Beast," which 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 is also an album. It'd be like an honorable mention. Came up on that poll a few times too, um, and the producer just you know do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And you know whenever you would say something like, "Well, don't you?" You know, okay, I'm done. That's good enough. He would say something really kind of like to make you feel like shit. Like, yeah, 
aren't you? Really? I, I just want to get it right. I mean, maybe if you don't want to get it right, I mean, I, just, I mean, that's up to that's you. That's up to but, you. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just trying. Yeah. I just wanted to get it right. You know, then you feel like, yeah, fuck you, asshole. So what that does <laughs> is that makes the guy sing with maybe more vitriol. You mm-hmm. know? And, oh, you yeah. Know, you know what I mean? Watch like, this. Yeah, watch this exactly. Um, so and he, they would do that. I mean, it. This reminds me of Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Making them do take after take after mm-hmm. take after take. specifically in the shine. Um, Tom Cruise though t- did talk <laughs> the scene in um, Eyes Wide Shut where he comes into um, Sidney Pollock's like I don't know what his den or whatever he's yeah. playing with a and he opens the door and he comes in. Uh huh. It, it was like he says it, he was like he, they thought it'd be wrapped up in an afternoon, mm. two weeks. Wow. Like he says he went in there. He says he opened the door and they filmed it and. He, and Stanley was like, well, how do you feel about how you open that door? Want me to do it a little bit slower this time? Yeah. <laughs> we do it again. Sure. Well, maybe we should do it a little bit faster. Mm. Let's, yeah. yeah. Now, why should look a little bit to the, you know, uh, you know, just do it again. He would give them directions. Mm. However, in The Shining, he did not give, he didn't tell anybody anything. Yeah. He did not. And when you, the acting you see with, with, um, um, Shelly Winter, or, or, I mean, not Shelly Winter. Not Shelly, Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall yeah. and uh, Jack Nicholson. <clears throat> that is them, do, like, that's the 900th take. Yeah. And they are just they're fried. Exhausted. They're exhausted. They're fried. They're angry. They're act, they, yeah, they're, yeah. Act, they're yeah. like, they're like, they're like punch drunk and <clears throat> um, brilliant. <laughs> they said the scene between, uh, what, Dick Holleran and, uh, and uh, Doc, um, again, they did, they tried not to do that too much with the kid. But that scene they filmed over and over and over. And if you watch in the film, it's very, very low key because they were both so tired. Because he's an old man. This is a young kid. Well, he broke down and cried. Yeah. He broke down and cried and asked. He didn't understand what Stanley Kubrick said. What, what do you want from me? And uh, I think it was I think it was a response like, well, don't you just, just don't, don't you want to get it right? Do it right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he, and he would say that to, um, um, he said it to Malcolm, um, McDowell a lot on um, oh I bet on uh, um, uh, uh, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange yeah, yeah like he was yeah. like he was like you know and he, you know Malcolm was really young he was kind of like a he was a kind of snot faced kid he was like fuck uh-huh. you you know <laughs> get it right my ass um, but this had, this is this is one of those albums where you know they just over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over. Uh, Phil Rudd did a lot of not Phil Rudd. Phil Rudd is the drummer, but um, Mutt Lang did a lot of you know putting things together in post and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as he did with Def Leppard, if I'm if I'm to understand it properly. Okay. Some really interesting in, uh, things on this album. For instance, on on some of the songs, the 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 timing speeds up like one or two clicks. On the chorus, and then it goes immediately back down perfectly to where it was wow. during the verses. So some people have Rick Beato feels that that's Phil Rudd's drumming uh-huh. because drummers will do that. I play with sure. drummers where yeah. they will pick it up a little bit in the chorus and they bring it back down uh-huh. um, for the for the verses. Uh, but it is so on that I'm not so sure that that wasn't Mutt Lang. Just manipulating it, maybe you know, mani- mani- manipulating cool. the recording a little bit. Yeah. It's it's really neat. It's really neat. But you know, again, that's that's the degree that's attention to detail. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one makes something like we were talking about Star Wars when the hangar there when he hit, right. You know, he, he didn't have to he have, have to that, put that in there. But but it's attention to detail and it makes it sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. 
a lot of people will say, well, you know, the audience doesn't care, you know, that you're playing a Les Paul through a what, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe they don't care about that, but they can sense how mm -hmm. you felt when you played and exactly. if it felt really good to yep. you and you were really into it. Also, they may not on be able to tell you anything about the guitar you're playing or if you're playing through a tube amp or mm -hmm, a solid state mm -hmm. amp or a model or whatever but if it's sweet yes if it's just right yes. it makes it that so it's so, so a song like a movie or like anything else is made up of all these little wee things mm -hmm. these little teeny tiny moments that come together and they got to come together right and so this is why you got a producer like John L Robert John Lang or John Mutt Lang who takes it to that limit? Now they did not. They worked on him with. They worked with him on one more album, uh -huh. and then that that was it. Um, Back in Black. If you have not listened to it in uh, a while, yeah, like you said, you go down the list. Every song is on the radio. Every everybody knows every song. Even even Shake a Leg. You know, not super popular, but I know it. You know. Let's give the audience. I keep forgetting we can do this. Yeah. Right? I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. It's a little shake a bake for ya. All right, my leg's shaking. Yeah, it is. I'm down on the street, on the street. kick-ass riff i forgot mm -hmm. about that yeah. um also some of it i don't mean blasphemy or anything but some of it is zeppelin-esque very much that's so. got a kind of a led zeppelin kind yeah. of kind of thing going there when he does that right here right here I like that. Like mm -hmm. they sustain the chord he sings, and then they play the riff like in between. Yep. Yep. That's a uh, Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Yep. That's a yeah. that's a old blues like kind it, of yeah, like exactly. approach um, <clears throat> to it. Let's take a quick look here. Uh, we know that one. I want to see the whole list. Um. I remember. A really long intro. Yeah. We're 32 seconds and still no singing. <laughs> yeah, it's like real. This is them. This is them getting their like most romantic. Yeah. Candles on the table. Let me put my love on the 
kettles on the floor. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, you come home, you know, you want to have a nice romantic evening with your wife, you put this on. Honey, let me put my love into you. Again. <laughs> Guys are the king of the innuendo. I always thought this is a great riff, too. Mm-hmm. This is a good song, like if you're playing a bar band mm-hmm. to open up the second set with. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yep. people yep. are like hanging out, you know what I mean? You want to get the bar wants you to get them drinking. Exactly. <laughs> and this will do it. Absolutely. But what a um, momentous, stupendous album. Back it in is blind. stupendous. Let's sir. talk about. Let's shift gears. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about fifty-one. 50. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you my story real quick. So 1986, I was in the army. I was stationed overseas, uh, basically in the South Pacific, even though I was in the army. And, uh, one day I'm leaving the barracks, walking down to the PX or something like that. And I hear this music playing out of some guy's window and I'm like, Oh, Van Halen. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Sammy Hagar. And and it was a hardship tour. So we did like, it's like, yeah, it's like, you got your chocolate in my yes. peanut butter. No, you got your peanut butter on my chocolate. Exactly. Well, the thing was, I had no idea that any of this had happened because I was overseas. We didn't have MTV on the island. We had like no real pop culture news at all. And then all of a sudden I hear this. So I ran back into the barracks, banged on the guy's door. I'm like, "What? what is that? He goes, it's new Van Halen. And I'm like... And he kind of explained what happened. So I knew somebody that was going into Honolulu on the next flight for like a little pass. And I ran up, got my money, ran down, found this guy. I'm like, you've got to get me this cassette. And he did. And I think I wore that cassette out. <clears throat> it was just it was just such a shock because I'm like, because I had no idea that. Uh, I, I got your letter. Yeah. I, I probably still have it somewhere. Probably. Yeah. You going like, oh, my God, I just heard the new Van Halen. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Here? Yeah. Yeah, so fifty-one fifty. Cheers. That is, um, I remember when this was going to happen. Unlike you, I was watching MTV yes, and all yes. of that, and yeah. and it just it was like Dave was just out. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, now we know now there was a lot of things going on behind the oh, scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, and it wasn't like they could, <laughs> you know. I, I think it seems weird because today, like, it would be all over Twitter. Right, you know, these guys yeah, would be all tweeting know. at each other. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. and like everybody would know about all the shit. But there's none of that then. Nope. You know they would have to a band a, a band like Van Halen was big enough that they could attract a press attention with like some kind of press announcement. Exactly. Um, and the, there was there was the, and it's, everybody starved for any kind of entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Today you're like yawn. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many you know how many there when we when I started this. Not when I started this podcast, but um, 
at some point uh, many years ago when I was I was I hadn't wasn't just starting this podcast but I was earlier days of it mm-hmm. I was looking for other rock podcasts at right. the time it was, they were <laughs> yeah. hard to find yeah and um there was a podcast a Van Halen podcast really all Van Halen yeah oh, and Van Halen. and I was like what a great idea uh-huh. but, but they had like three episodes over the course of like a year yeah. and they never like stuck with it yeah um oh Okay, I guess we lost Chris. Uh, it, it happens. You know what, man? I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he went to help Bill. <laughs> yeah. He had jumper cables. Um, yeah, and um, all of a sudden, and this was their new singer, and it was just everybody had an opinion on it mm-hmm. right away. Like we, even before we heard any of the music. We were talking, you know, it was being talked about DVE, the big rock station Pittsburgh was talking about it. Yep. And um, everybody's kind of interested with what kind of music they were going to do with Sammy uh-huh. Hagar. Yeah, that and was... it turned out that it blew everybody away. Yep. It really did. I mean, this is a huge, huge album. This is not like... You know, just some, you know, run-of-the-mill rock album. Mm-hmm. It has a very unique sound. The band sounds completely different yeah. with Sammy singing. Um, also, the vocals and everything are kind of now elevated to a whole. This is where I always kind of, like, on, on songs like Beautiful Girls, mm-hmm. Jamie's Crying, stuff like that, I always, always go like this about them. I'd go like, this is kind of like if the Beach Boys were heavy metal band. I mean, right. look at that, that kind of, yep. the same kind of fun songs. And this kind of, you know, and mm-hmm, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of that, uh, again, kind of like maybe in places expanded on even here. Although the songwriting is different, mm-hmm. the songwriting is different. It's definitely different. Uh, the power struggle within Van Halen was uh, often painted as David Lee Ross ego running out of control, a theory uh, that was easy enough to believe given uh, his outsized charisma. But in retrospect, it seems evident that Eddie Van Halen wanted respect. To go along with his gargantuan fame. And Roth wasn't willing to play. Mm-hmm. Bizarrely enough, Sammy Hagar, the former Montrose lead singer, who had carved out a successful solo career, was ready to play. Possibly because the Red Rocker was never afraid of being earnest, nor was he afraid of synthesizers, for, mm-hmm. for that matter. There was always the lingering suspicion that, yes, Sammy truly couldn't drive 55 and that's why he wrote the song and that kind of forthright rocking is evident in the strident anthems of 5150 from the moment the album opens with good enough etc um we can get into this article a little bit more um um there are people that to today that still don't like it there's a, a review it's impressive but pretty sterile mm-hmm. Hager uses the exact same tonality um I, no it's brilliant it's it great it's, it's a, a really it's a it's a giant hit um <laughs> fantastic album let's we're going to talk about the songs as well if i can find this uh, Let's talk a little bit, a bit about the folks who were involved. Of course, sure. Michael Anthony yes. played the bass. Did some uh, um, did, uh, did some writing and did some background singing mm-hmm. as well. 
Eddie Van Halen, of course, guitar, keyboards, lead, guitar producer, songwriter, Alex Van Halen, composer. Um, Mick Jones. Oh. You know who that is? Foreigner. Ah, Mick Jones yes, yes. Is listed as the producer. <clears throat> well, ain't that some shit? Mick Jones was getting around as a producer. He um, produced some big albums for some uh, big artists. He produced 5150. He also produced a really big album for Billy Joel called Stormfront. Okay, yes, um, yes. So, you know, he was, a lot of people don't realize what a, uh, um, that he wasn't just the guitarist in mm-hmm. Foreigner. Now, where is the thing that's going to give me the track list, Mr. Pittsburgh? Right there. Is this it? Oh, here yep, we are. Yep, yep. Okay. So, the album opens with Good Enough. So, let's take a little, a quick listen to Good Enough. All right. She's good enough. She's good enough to... Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. So, here it is. We're just playing straight up studio versions. We're not looking for live. Hello, baby. A little homage to Chantilly uh, Lace, Big Bopper. And, and how interesting. That's that's the first, that's the opening track. And Sammy's literally saying, Hello, baby. Yeah. Here I am. Almost 30 seconds, they were singing. Uh-huh. Wow, US Prime! Great A, guaranteed. Okay. All right, so right off the bat, mm-hmm. they're like, we're, no, we're still Van Halen. Yeah. We're still playing rock music. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, you know don't just calm down. Sip it down. Grease it up. Great. Uh, so good enough. Why can't this be love? Which now does does have a more of a pop sound. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Big hit. Hello. <laughs> uh, get up. We all know why can't this be love. Do we know get up? I know get up because I wore this tape out. Let's have a quick listen to get up. <laughs> Four minutes, four minutes and 35 seconds. Uh-huh. 20 seconds in, still just guitar. How about some drums? They're definitely not mellower. Nope. But they were able to pull off stuff like "Why Can't This Be Love," "Dreams." Mm-hmm. Let's listen to "Summer Nights." That's sick. That red. Mm-hmm. That's. I know, good. right? That's fucking sick. 
great one of those great open string Eddie Van Halen riffs. Still got like a mm-hmm. pop kind of thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Of course, Beth of both, 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 Be- both worlds. Worlds? Best, best of both worlds. <laughs> best of both worlds. <laughs> Love walks in. Fifty-one fifty and inside. Mm-hmm. Um, people just you know, every blah is gonna fail. Blah. And there are pe- there there are hardcore fans, dude. To this day, think that this sucks. Yeah. They're just like you know. This, That's because they're stupid. <laughs> just like you know, there's no way, man. Like, it's it's not it's not Van Halen, but uh, uh, millions and millions of people and millions and millions of album sales. Yes, beg uh, to differ with beg you. to differ with you. Um, so let's talk about this last one real quick. Yes. Oh, these guys right here. These guys put out this these record. These crazy guys. Look at these crazy guys. So, um. Okay, this is almost seven minutes long. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Sing me a song. You're a singer. Do me a wrong. You're a bringer of evil. The devil is never a maker. The less that you give. Podcast. Yeah, probably should. Um, check out some of the comments on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sick Semper Tyrannus. Wow. To me, this song solidified Dio as the greatest heavy metal singer. Kool Aid Conspiracy. <laughs> that's the great. That, that, that's, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that's his band. Yeah. Uh, one of, if not the best songs out there. Mm. Work out Jabowski. Jack, Jack, Jakubowski? Jakubowski. Okay. The world is full of kings and queens. 
who blind your eyes and steal your dreams. Obviously, he's quoting some. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Dan Lavoie? Levy? The print is so small. I know. Tony's riff is so simple yet so incredibly incredibly powerful and evil sounding. Oh my. Every aspect of this song is incredible. And as this real heavy metal that unlike modern metal, which consists of some dweeb screaming incoherently behind a wall of annoying sound. <laughs> right. One of the John uh, Finley, one of the most, thank you for having a name, it's easy to say. Thanks, John. Uh, one of the most perfect and flawless songs ever made. <laughs> you know, people, you know, just, Apparently, some, people like it. Some people like this album. I don't know why. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> album. There is... Well, I guess we're going to have to go to these people <clears> for <throat> more yes. information. But it was the album by Black Sabbath that introduced Ronnie James... I mean, he didn't introduce the world... Richie Blackmore introduced the world to, uh, to uh, Ronnie James Dio with mm-hmm. his stint in Rainbow. But this is where I, I think that... Um, The world became like, oh wow, wow! Mm. He's in Sabbath. Yeah, he replaced the amazing Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne. Osbourne. Yeah, you know everybody's kind of used to Richie Blackmore fi- firing everybody. I I saw a video. I watched an interview with a guy. Um, this drummer. I, he, I I I'm so sorry, brother. I forgot your name. Uh, played in a lot of classic bands, mm-hmm. and was just like a touring guy for like a lot of people that you know um in the eight in the in the in the 80s and yeah. stuff like that but he said he had told the story on a podcast about how he was in rainbow for uh like an afternoon really <laughs> yeah. and um he just could tell that like that he could tell right away that um richie blackmore had it in for him yeah so he like blew it up he like got in an argument with him like when they went to record something, uh-huh. and like he knew he wouldn't be asked back because yeah. he's just like he's it's like, like oh, he's like I'm gonna I'm he's, I knew I'm not I knew this wasn't gonna work out so mm. I figured I might as well say what I thought. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I guess they did a they did a jam um, they did the song Long Live Rock and Roll, and he um, Richie like stopped playing, <laughs> and then he told. <laughs> Um, the keyboardist, I can't remember the really famous keyboard player, I can't remember his name, to drop out. Mm-hmm. Then, so then it was him, and then it was so, so it was just this guy, the drummer, who was auditioning, and Roger Glover playing right. bass. And so he told Roger to quit playing. Huh. And he just was like, you know, we'll keep going. Uh-huh. Just keep going. And just like, they all sat there. It's like really uncomfortable. Wow. And he's like, he says, but he said, I was good at playing. He's, you know, he says, Richie was like, you know, uh, can you do a drum solo? He goes, yeah, I do. And this guy is from, he's from Brooklyn or something. Like okay. So he's like, and he doesn't take any bullshit. He's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I could do a fucking drum solo. Yeah. And he goes like, he says, well, can, he goes, how long? He goes, so how long you want? And so can you do, uh, you know, uh, two minute drum solo? I can do two minute drum solo. Can you do ten minute drum solo? Ten minute. Can you do twenty minute drum solo? I can do any. I told you, Richie, I can do drum solo as long as you fucking want. <laughs> this guy was great. I, I gotta find it. I go find awesome. it. And I'll, and I'll, you gotta I'll, find I'll, that. I put the put the post up. Yeah. To, but it was really funny. Um, but anyways, uh, Heaven and Hell is the ninth studio album by English heavy metal band Black Sabbath, released on the 18th of April 1980. Hmm. What else? What other album was released in 1980? Back in Black. Mm-hmm. It's the first Black Sabbath. Uh, Sabbath? Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath album to feature vocalist Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Replace original vocalist Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. 
Produced by Martin Birch, the album was a commercial success, particularly in the United States, where it reached number 28 on the Billboard 200 chart and was certified platinum for 1 million sales in the band's native country. It also sold well enough to be certified silver by the British Ooh. phonographic industry. I'm sure that it has made way more than mm-hmm. since then. Um, the initial sessions for what became Heaven and Hell began with Ozzy Osbourne following the uh, conclusion of Black Sabbath's Never Say Die tour. The band convened in Los Angeles for 11 months to record a new album, a process described by guitarist Tony Iommi as, Tony Iommi as highly frustrating, <clears throat> never-ending process. Osbourne uh, has stated that he had some had become fed up with the experimentation on the preceding albums, Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die, preferring the band's earlier, heavier sound. In his memoir, Iomi revealed that he still possesses a recording featuring Osborne singing an early version of what would become Children of the Sea with different lyrics and a totally different vocal melody. Mm. Ronnie James Dio was introduced uh, to Iomi in 79 by Sharon Arden, who would later become Sharon Osborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, Dio and Iomi discussed forming a new band uh, rather than a continuation of Black Sabbath. The pair met again by chance uh, at the Rainbow on on Sunset in Los Angeles. Later that year, both men were in similar situations. Dio was seeking a new project, and Iomi was uh, had required a vocalist. It must have been fate, Dio recalled, because we connected instantly. The pair kept in touch via telephone until Dio arrived in Iomi's Los Angeles house for a relaxed get-to-know-you jam session. On the first day, the duo finished Children of the Sea, a song Omi had uh, abandoned prior to Osborne's firing. Um... Sabbath was a band that was floundering, Dio observed, and with my inclusion in it, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, uh, cared a lot about each other, and knew that we could do it again, especially under the banner of the band that had been so successful. Hmm. Um, so, this was a... Um, this was a very tumultuous time for Black Sabbath. Uh, Bill Ward had, was, had been battling personal issues, and he ended up leaving the band as well. Um, so the, you know, the, the, it was in it was in it was in turmoil. It was in upheaval, and I've in the documentary that I just watched recently. He talks about like how much he re, how much him him and Tony really hit it off when mm-hmm. they when they uh, first um, got together and hung out. Um, I'm trying to find the, uh, there we are, personnel. Uh, but So Billboard does play on the album, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geezer Butler on bass, Tony Omi, and of course, uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, Jeff Nichols uh, added some keyboards here and there. Probably produced, like we said, by Martin Birch. Um, <clears throat> this record really brought Dio out. You know, who's this mm-hmm. sort of coming out party for Ronnie James Dio? Let's take a little peruse through the tracks. This is Lady Evil. Seconds, the place, here we are. Just <laughs> the witches, 
dance to it. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of Children of the Sea. This is a little number, five minutes and 34 seconds. Ozzy singing this. Mm. They did record a version with Ozzy. Metallica and some uh-huh. had like you know really picked up you're absolutely yeah. influenced yeah. by it. Um, but th- these records, that there you have it, guys. Three albums that yeah. really kind of like like it totally exceeded everybody's mm-hmm. expectation. You know, when you hear that your that your favorite band, the singer, is no longer going to be in the band, you kind of go, yeah, you're like, uh oh, man, this is going to yeah. suck. This is the end. What do you think of jam bands, Mr. Pittsburgh? Uh, I like to see them live because you and I have seen many jam bands. Well, can be considered jam bands. I mean, look at the North Mississippi All Stars. Right. Um, like if I had to listen to a whole album of one well, song. Well, listen to this. This this Katie Simone posted this on TikTok. Okay. If jam bands are your thing, good for you. Bless your heart on that stuff. I do not hear a jam. I never hear a jam. I hear five stepdads who do not know how to end a song. That's what I hear. I don't, I don't care what name of the band you tell me it is. It's one band for that names them all. It's called Noodly Lou and the Turd Herders. Mm-hmm. It's five dads in cargo shorts, and one guy wants to end it. You know, one guy in the band. <laughs> He's yeah. Jam bands are your thing. That's funny. Yeah, five five stepdads who don't know how to end a song. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really, you know, jam bands are. Uh, I, I just thought that was the only reason I was because I saw the TikTok video and I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh man. Um. So let's talk a little bit about. Let's go back to our where we were. Let's our regular. Oh, let's go back. Let's go back. Terrible gas. I apologize. Oh lord. It's <laughs> one of them things, you know. That's fine. Oh my! So let's go. Let's go ahead and get into. You said we were talking. We we always try to give you guys some fun, something fun on YouTube. Sure. To check out. Oh lord! So yeah. um, the uh, guitar, the guitar channel. Tro, is it is it Trogly? What's the name of his? Let's go over to it. Out of all the crazy guitars in the world, double necks rank pretty high. Okay. Okay. He does say Chibson in the. Yeah, but I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. But the Trogley's guitar channel on YouTube took this uh, 
He played a little April Fool's joke and took yeah, the, he did. Gave you a heart Gibson, attack. Gibson double neck and sawed it in half. Because <laughs> two guitars is better than one. <laughs> so I'm going to cut this in half. Honestly, if you ever watched this channel before, like, kind of like, none of it surprised me because, like, he is kind of like a He's weirdo. like a little nut. He's a little nutty. But he yeah. was treating the whole thing as but, like well, he was given all the specs. I thought that where yeah. where I, I was like the giant red flag was like, he doesn't get a bandsaw out or anything. No, he cuts it with a fucking like just like a <laughs> handsaw. Yeah, handsaw. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I can tell he's like struggling yeah. and sweating and like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you destroying this guitar? Well, you can tell because he's a you know he really has his head up where Gibson's ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so like he's gonna anything to do with it, you know. He had to take this opportunity to really mock a uh, a Chibson. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this. Uh, I want you to talk, tell everybody about. We have uh, we always like to feature some new music, new musicians. Right. Uh, she's not necessarily. Oh, go ahead. So uh, and maybe well, not new. To, maybe it's new to you. Maybe somebody's been around a little but it's while. Notable. Notable. Somebody yeah. that maybe you, particularly out there in podcast land, may not be aware of. Yes. So good, Mr. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to read a quote. The quote is about this particular artist. It says, "A super talented bass player. She not o- she is not only technically strong, but more importantly, all artists want her in their bands because of her sense of feel and pocket." And that was by none other than Nuno Bencourt. And the uh, the artist that he is talking about is a, a fine Irish lass by the name of. Tanya uh, 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 Tucker. No, O'Callaghan. It's O'Callaghan. Um, yeah, yeah. She crazy. Um, I forget where I saw her. It might have been on face. Oh, it was a birthday. That's why. And I'm like, who is this crazy white chick with dreads playing bass? And I'm like, I need to check this shit out. Well, it turns out that Tanya um, has played with the likes of. White Snake. That's what I was looking for. Go ahead, yeah, give me the Bruce Dickinson. You know, Iron Maiden. Um, Dick in Sun. <laughs> Maynard James Keenan from, of course, Tool and APC. Yeah, nice. D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Stephen Ad- Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses. Boo! Hey, he's trying his best. Uh, Nunu Benicord, of course, from Extreme. She's played with the River Dance. Of course, she's Irish. You have to. Uh, Orianthi, she's played yeah. with. <laughs> uh, the Cores and David Gray, just to name a few. Um, if you get a chance, check out some of her videos on YouTube. Uh, she's, wow, she's really good. And it's, and it's, it's I was watching because I'm a bass player. But she's, well, she's a girl. You know, she's got them long fingernails, but she uses those nails much like you would use a pick. So she can kind of get the best best of both worlds Very there. interesting. Yeah. But uh, Tanya O'Callaghan, not to be uh, you know, confused with Tommy O'Callaghan, with Tommy the, Boy. There she is jamming with Dee Snyder. <laughs> Dee um, Snyder, yeah. Let me tell you the irony or the serendipitousness of, of your... Of your uh, pick this week. Okay, because please, please, sir. Tell I was, me. you know how you had like I needed to put something on, uh, like some music on because I wanted to do stuff around. I was you know, getting ready to leave or whatever. Uh-huh. I didn't want anything too engaging. I didn't want right. to sit down and watch like because sometimes if the show's talking about something interesting, before I know I find myself sitting there actually like 
watching TV instead of doing this was too. So I sure. wanted something with music. And there was Bruce Dickinson yes. performing um, the entire Machine Head album okay. from Deep Purple yeah. with the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's cool. And it was her playing bass. Of course it was. And I was like, I'm like, who was that guy? Never. And then like when you sent this to me today and you said, well, I want to talk about Tanya Callahan. I'm like, well, like whoa. wow, what a coincidence. Whoa. What a coincidence. That's what he said. He said, whoa. I'd say with interviews with her, she's very cool, very down to earth, not real cocky or anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. So I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad I found her. And then to find out she's done work with all these other people, I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. So I Tanya, bet, I bet she okay. never played with Nate Donny Iris. <clears throat> she wants to, but Donny, you know, he's, his wife gets a little freaked out when he plays with girls. These, um, <laughs> these guys are from the Pittsburgh area. Oh, cool. And they are um, releasing a music video uh-huh. for every song in their album. Oh. Cool. And I can't remember if they're putting out it. I think they're doing it weekly or uh-huh. every couple weeks or whatever, leading up to the release of their album. Okay. This is uh, Theraika. Uh huh. And this is a song called Civilized. Okay. T-H-E-R-I-A-C-A. T-H-E-R-I-A-C-A. I think the dude has a great voice. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's, there's actually two singers singing um, like kind of in tandem. Right, yeah. Uh, and their voices really complement each yeah, other. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's great singing. I'm really impressed. I think the song's very cool. So check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Check them all out and all that. In that. In that. Check them out real quick. Let's find out what the Beatles did this week. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the Beatles, they do things. Remember the old days when the Beatles did stuff? They used to. Not anymore. They're lazy. Hey, hey, we're the Beatles. <laughs> I understand about cookies. Mm, I love cookies. Cookies it's for cookies. That's yeah. what they did for me. Yes. That is uh, birthdays. No. No. No, keep going. Keep going. Right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Stop! <laughs> Stop, Forrest! <laughs> Stop, Forrest! Uh, 1953, the Stargazers were number one in the UK charts with Broken Wings. Not to be con- confused with uh, Broken Wing by right. um, Mr. Mr. 
Oh, Cutting Crew. That's cutting right. Crew. That's right. Cutting Crew. Yes. All right. We used to do that song. Angel and I did that song, and we would be like guests who sang the song. This is before everybody's running around with a yeah. computer in their right, pocket. Right. And if you could guess it right, we'd buy you a beer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everybody said, I, Mr. I, Mr. Yeah, exactly. I did. Or Marillion or something like that. Yeah, you stupid. They're one hit wonder, but what a what a one hit. What you, you got? Stupid, Mr. Pittsburgh. On this day, in 1956, Elvis Presley played the first of two nights in San Diego Arena in guess this, San Diego, California. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Get out of town. What, what What are the odds that they would actually be able to have a San Diego Arena? arena in san diego that that worked out perfectly okay you know today we're talking about you know the next there it's always about the next thing and the new technology and yes. you know where's this all going to go ai right that's the oh, thing right AI, now yeah. but in 1960 yeah rca victor records they were on the cutting edge of technology when they announced that it would release all pop singles in mono and what? in stereo that's, simultaneously no that's incredible. incredible. Here we go. On this day, 1964, the Beatles held the top five places in the U.S. singles chart. Number five, please, please me. Number four, I want to hold your gl- hand. <laughs> Number three, roll over Beethoven. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good timing. Be, yeah. That's very good. Number two, love me do. And number one, can't buy me love. There you go, the Beatles, this day, 1964. The song, all these songs, other than Roll Over Beethoven, were about love. Yes. Please please me, hold your hand. Yes. Love me do. I, I hold can't my buy gland. me yes. Hold my glands. Roll Over Beethoven, that's a... Uh, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 1967, let's say Hendrix Experience, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, the Walker Brothers, Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> Cat Stevens played some shows. Oh, that's wonderful. That's thanks, uh, thanks to stay in Hendrix. Washington. They were special guests on the first edition. Excuse me, I got a little verklempt. Oh, um, talk D time on the BBC along with Kiki D and Cat Stevens. Wow, long you before know? Elton John came along. That's right. On this day, nineteen seventy, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young went to number one on the U.S. album. Chart with Deja, Deja Vu. Why do I always have trouble with that? Faja. The first album which saw Neil Austin Young, Powers Faja. Faja. Smoking a pancake. Uh, this is the first album that uh, Neil Young joined. Those nice boys. Van yes. Morrison, not oh, Van Halen. Not Van Halen. Brinsley Schwartz promotion. Sure. Uh, they sent 133 journalists by plane to New York to see the band support Van Morrison uh, at the Fillmore East uh, at a cost of $120,000. Wow. wow. Talk about putting money into promotion for somebody. Wow. The event turned into a disaster. Uh-oh. The group planned to leave a few days before the show to rehearse, but were denied <laughs> no. visas on technicality. They were finally given visas on the morning of the show oh, and arrived boy. hours before the concert. The plane carrying the journalist developed a mechanical oh, fault, delaying the flight. And when the journalists arrived in New York oh. 18 hours later, they were all hungover. Brinsley Schwartz gave an underwhelming live performance, resulting in a flood of scathing reviews. Mm, the best Poor Brinsley Schwartz. 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 No, dude, a bug just flew my goddamn uh, that's, motherfucker. That's not where that goes. Yeah. On this day in 1976... Some bullshit, man. That is some fucking the bullshit. Sex, on this day, 76. There it goes. 
This day, 76, the Sex Pistols played their first night of a residency at the El Paradiso Club in Soho, London, England. Congratulations. I saw a, a werewolf one time walking through Soho in the rain. Really? And his hair looked perfect. I bet it did. Uh, Bucks Fizz. <laughs> That's a funny name. Had a song making... Up Your Mind in 1981, doing something. Very good. On this day, 1982, Layla was on the UK singles chart. The re-released track, originally featured on Derek and the Domino's album, uh, Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs from November 1970, inspired by Clapton's then unrequited day. Unrequited. Did you ever see Patty Boyd? She was so pretty back in the day. I'm sure she still is. Uh, Eric Clapton's she's pretty love for dead. No, she's still alive. She's dead. She died. Absolutely, she died. Why, why wasn't I notified? <laughs> <clears throat> I know her. Her well. and Phil Collins, they were on a plane together. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> now, now I remember that incident. Anyway, the song was about Patty Boyd, the wife of his friend friend George Harrison. Layla is considered one of the rock music's definitive love songs and featured an unmistakable guitar figure played by Eric. What? Features in them. Eric Clapton and Dwayne Allman. Yeah, but what does that mean? An unmistakable, unmistakable guitar, guitar figure played by Eric Clapton. Oh, and I figure see. Figure is like, a, like, like yeah. a piece of guitar playing. Okay. You know, they're, he's using I kind learned of so abstract terminology. Here. In 1987, you two entered the U.S. album chart with a number uh, on at number seven. Yeah. Uh, with the Joshua Tree. There you go. I, uh, a chart entry for uh, in in America for seven years. There you go. This day, 1987, Starship started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us," taken from the film Mannequin. Good, good, good on you. Yeah, yeah. Take that. Made their fi- hey, a final performance. Hey, take uh, that, you, fuckers. you know, I don't know who they were, so and yeah. I don't care about them. This day, 77, the Coors. The Irish band, the Coors album, Talk on Corners, went to number one on the UK album chart for the 10th time. They also had to the number two position with Forgive, Forgiven, Not Forgotten. Both albums had spent over a year on the chart. Way to go, Coors. Um, Patty Boyd is 79 years old. She is, but she is still alive. And I do her. Lou, why did you say that? That was horrible. Oh, Craig, you oh, bad. Oh, Craig, you a bad man. <laughs> uh, 07 Swedish group uh, ran into trouble with authorities after trying to name their baby Metallica. <laughs> I remember that. Swedish, no, Swedish group, Swedish couple. A Swedish couple, yeah. That's, that's uh, right. They went to court um, with the country's National Tax Authority about naming their daughter after rock band. The six-month-old had been baptized Metallica, but yeah. tax officials said the name was inappropriate. Under Swedish law, both first names and surnames need to win the approval of authorities before they can be used. Can you that, believe what that? A, That's what crazy. an interesting custom. Yes. You know, yeah, the more you know. Uh, Beyonce, so Mary what they Jay-Z. Did, we, no, listen, no, we named our daughter Acid Bath. <laughs> <laughs> they like that one. Good. I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? I'm a little fucked up. Uh, Gary uh, Brooker from uh, Procol Harum finally went won back all the uh, royalty rights to uh, uh, White a Shade of Pale in this day in, in mm-hmm, 2008. Mm-hmm. And he, he 
uh, passed away like two days later. Oh, he boy. did not. I'm just... Oh, you and the death. You and the death dedications. Hey, this day, 2013, former Rolling Stones bassist Bill Wyman turned himself in to British police after reports emerged suggesting he began a sexual relationship with his second wife, Mandy Smith, when she was 14 years old. Mm, naughty, naughty. After a brief meeting, the authorities decided not to pursue charges. Yeah, because they're married. Um, that's probably what he did. Yeah. He's probably like, this yeah, is like, going to get dragged on, down dude. the media, yeah. and I'm going to be Roman yeah. Polanski number two. Yeah. And like, no, we're just not having that. Yeah. And just like the best. Like, I mean, she wasn't kind of, 14 then. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. <sighs> These kids today. Uh, it was uh, reported that David Bowie had dominated the UK albums charge for the first quarter of 2016 on this day in 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we care about any of that? Uh, Liam Gallagher sure. did something. Yeah, did. And Patrick Fartbutt did something, too. Patrick Fitzgerald and Gerald Fitzpatrick. There, yes. There you go. Okay, so let's wish out a couple of happy birthdays for you. Muddy uh, Water. Oh, there you go. The Blues had a baby, and they called it rock and roll himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoochie, Mr. Hoochie Coochie Man. Yes, sir. Born to say 1913. Can you believe that? He's That's 120, 110 years old. Well, he would be if he didn't die in that plane crash with Patty Boyd. Ah, Declan Mulligan. <laughs> oh, sure. Songwriter Declan Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Danny Th- Danny Thompson. <laughs> I think it's Thompson. Don't look uh, the bassist. history. Yeah. English multi-instrumentalist. Boast, uh, multi-instrumentalist. Um, with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Including Kate's Bush. Looks <laughs> like Kate's Bush. Uh, Sharon Sheely, American yeah. songwriter. Hits include Poor Little Foo. For, uh, happy birthday, Major Major Lance. Wow. Soul singer Major Lance. Mm. I had to hit um, 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 um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just had a stutter. I'm just saying. Perhaps. He was like... Um, who was, um, who was that? Um, who was that country artist that had the stutter? When Mel, Mel Tillis. Yeah, yeah. They just made a whole song out of it. Except, so like he was the R and B version of Mel, <laughs> Mel Tillis. Tillis. Um, 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 um. Uh, Pick Withers. Hey, why sure. your name is Pick Withers, but you're a drummer. You're a drummer, dude. You missed uh, it. Happy birthday! He was totally played missed. with uh, Bob Dylan. Also yes. played with Dire Straits. Yes. Barry Oakley. Yes. Oakley, Oakley, Oakley. Oh, Oakley, boy. Oakley, neighbor. Sure. Uh, was uh, he was in The Simpsons? <laughs> he was not in The Simpsons. He was in The Simpsons. He was a bassist for the Almond Brothers band. Oh. Barry Oakley, Gary Moore. Look at the, all the freaking Irish all over this podcast today. Frickin he mess. was a member of Skid Row, not that Skid Row. No. There was a Skid Row before yeah. Skid Row. Yeah, but he was in. He played with Thin Lizzy, and of sure course, he, he had did. a massive solo yes. career. Massive, yes. massive. Dave Hill uh, from Slade. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Dave. Uh, Graham mm. Kelling, mm, that's a, that's Scottish Scottish musician, sure, uh, played with Deacon Blue. Happy birthday, David Roback, uh, founding member of the of Mazzy Star. Okay. The only song by Mazzy, what's the song by them? Um, Fade into you. Fade into you. Yeah, that's the only one I. Know. I was gonna say Crash into me. That's David Matthews. Crash into you. <laughs> Faded to me. That was they were one hit wonder. Yeah. It's like there was a, you know every uh, um, whatever. 
Yes. Uh, 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 generation of music has those. You know, mm-hmm. they're interesting. Um, do you remember a band called Deep Blue Something? Yeah. Deep, uh, don't tell me. Oh, I was going to say, I'm don't sorry. tell me. I would have gotten it. Yeah, I like that. I, th- I always like the guitar work. And he's, a, <clears> he's playing that. <clears> he's playing. <throat> yeah, it's all drowning reverb. Right. It's really yeah. neat, yeah. you know? Drenched. We like to call it drenched in reverb. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, speaking of drenched. Oh, God. Craig Adams, who gothic rock band, The Mission. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, oh, David Gavarin? Gavurin? 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 Gavurin over yeah. here. Right in the toilet. Yeah, from the Sunday type of birthday. Oh, uh, Mark Yates from the band Terror Vision. Oh, interesting. Fascinating, Captain. Uh, Magnus Svenningson from the Cardigans. Happy mm-hmm, birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, we're going to just call it a day there. Yeah, April 4th. We're going to say happy birthday to happy all, birthday, all you all motor y'all. scooters. All y'all. What is your favorite of the three albums? You're going to say 5150 probably. Oh, I don't know. Back in Black is such a kick-ass album. And I and I love 5150, but I'm going to have to go with Back in Black. Me too. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's Every that, song just kicks you in the freaking head. I love I it. I like getting kicked in the head. I like the love it. I love it. I'm 50 years old, I can kick, I can stretch, and I can kick, and I love it. I don't know why John Lovitz was doing a (laughs) character, Molly, whatever her name was. Did you know if you replace your morning cup of coffee with a nice hot cup of green tea, that you can lose up to 87% of the fucking little joy you have left in this life? (laughs) Exactly. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week (laughs) at the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, Go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Check out all the cool stuff stuff there. Um, Yes. Go to Wolf's Customs. Uh, Find them on social media. Look for Chris on Thunderwolf Dodson or go to WolfCustoms.online for custom artwork done on your musical instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app. The free freak app. free. Okay. Yes. So. Yes. Talk to me, Goose. We have to pick a podcast <clears throat> for next week. Do we now? All right. I'm up for it. Ready? I, I, well, there's, Begin. There, I want to add one that you had mentioned to me last week. Yes. Um, Was that the uh, iconic guitar? Icon- iconic guitars. Yeah. Like, the, like what, by me, what we mean by that... Not, yeah, we're not gonna go. Okay, uh, the Les Paul, the Stratocaster. Right, right, right. We're talking about literal guitars that like you associate with a player and that, that has a certain player. look and yeah. you know, like a, like a really cool design. Like Kirk, Kirk Hammett and uh, the Bella Lugosi, his Bella Lugosi, right? Exact that kind of thing. Yeah, right, right, right. The the um, George Lynch uh, Kamikaze exactly thing. Okay, yes. so that's 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 a po- that's a that's um, a possibility. That's a possibility. Yes. Um, ten actors or celebrities with rock bands, and do you care? Okay. That yeah, I've got a couple in mind. Um, ten bands that ruled in two decades or more. Oh, fascinating. Uh, should classic bands be releasing new music? Can they? That should be the question. <laughs> okay. Best foreign language band. Oh, thank you. 
Oh, okay. Sure. I know one. Nina. Okay, I know two. Luftblums. Nine or two. Nine or two. I know. I know two now. Also. Okay, this isn't a podcast topic, <clears throat> but th- <laughs> oh, this, is, this is a contest idea. Okay. A contest where you have to shower with old men and guess which one is your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? Who's I your daddy? You, I think you came up with that. That's funny. Who's your daddy? Uh, Southern rock, the unsung hero of classic rock, or redneck white trash bullshit? Wow. Wow. D- discuss amongst yourselves. Albums yeah. that you absolutely must listen to the whole way through. Oh. Put it on. You got. You got. You got to yeah. listen to the album. Yeah. We did rock songs and commercials. Yes. Okay. Um, this is an interesting one. Keyboard-driven songs by guitar-driven bands. Exactly. From guitar-driven bands. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Too. So let's we will we will keep you posted. Yeah. Well, we'll as to what, what we're talking about next week, but those are some, some of our some choices. Ideas. And there are more. There are. You more. never know. You never know. Um, there's also we could you know there's a fun thing we could do is NPR published the best rock songs of 2022. Now this would have been more pertinent like earlier in the year but we could still do it yeah um and sort of like look at what their picks are and kind of like okay critique them tell sure, them sure. tell you if they're full yes, of shit yes yes then pr you're full of shit so those are some ideas for next week go to ludini rock and roll circus.com and check us out thank you right uh, mr pittsburgh any parting thoughts parting shots before we get out of here today well we had discussed this um uh maybe a week or two ago where i've got a huge library of music and concert dvds documentaries and stuff like that and um i was i was kind of thinking about maybe re-watching a lot of these documentaries and maybe just reviewing well instead of thinking about it, i want you to do it well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that's. I think that's going to be my goal you know for next saying? week. You know what I'm what? saying? You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I'm saying? What? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Damn it! I forgot I'm to just... bring your Dark City DVD back or Blu-ray back. I do that every week. You have to come over, and we have to watch seven, uh, uh, five, twenty-five, seventy-seven. Yes. We have to watch. That. I watched. I, I watched. I did see the trailer, and I'm like, oh. it's really fucking good, dude. Yeah, because I did a lot of the shit that I saw him do in the trailer. I made movies when I was a yeah. kid. So, yeah. yeah. Porn? No, <laughs> sir. Hey, Ma, lift up, lift up your left boob. No, that's, no, that's <laughs> not. You're thinking of my grandpa. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. All right, guys. On that happy note, oh, have what? a great week. We will catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya. We ended up at the